I am from beyond. Listen, and all you desire will be yours. Welcome to Spider-Man and the Secret Wars. Prepare for battle. Welcome to Prattle World. I am your host, the ever-amazing, ever-spectacular Spider-Dan. And in this podcast, I spotlight entertainment's best-kept secrets that a mainstream audience may find boring. And welcome to Shockphobia Fest, a month-long celebration of All Hallows' Eve's most frightening films and comic spooks. And today, I have a veritable man-monster in our presence. Uh... <laughs> I don't know how else to describe. You've looked at me and you've lost it because I'm a baby like cheek. I know you're yeah. so you're so sweet. You're so he's not six a monster. foot man, giant shoulders, big hairy chest, cheeks like a baby, and like a uh, and, and, he, and he's so handsome. But he is here to talk about another one of our favourite man monsters. We are going to talk about Swamp Thing, and it is the one, the only, the Chanaconda himself, Michael Chandler. Hello, sir. Thanks for having me, Dan. Uh, <laughs> never been called Chanaconda on a recording before. Yes. Uh, like the sound of it, Sarah could take notes. Um, <laughs> but no, honestly, really good, because finally the world is talking about Swamp Thing. It's it is. It is. It's too long. It is. And you are, you're a huge fan of Swamp Thing. And we're going to talk a little bit about Swamp Thing's history, where he came from, you know, the development, the work of Alan Moore specifically, and then on to the already cancelled TV show Hate Crime that has just arrived on Amazon Prime if you want to get stuck in 2019 Swamp Thing so Crime Against Sentient Vegetables <laughs> That's what it is. I can't have one cabbage with a personality without somebody cancelling I mean, it, I mean he must be the original vegan superhero surely He was a spokesperson for Greenpeace <laughs> It was we'll, we'll, no doubt we're going to discuss yes. this at some point but you know you needed one hero to immortalise the earth Yeah we're doing it for nature. Who do you have? The big old sentient cabbage, my boy Swamp Thing. I mean, the Earth is not necessarily a pretty and, you know, beautiful place. No, Anton messes you that know. up. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm the depths sure. he went to. So let's let's go back to the beginning. Like, what, when and where and who created this mossy man beast? Well, let's take the common misconception. It's not one person. Okay. Swamp Thing isn't one entity. Swamp Thing is merely an avatar of a force we call the green. So if you imagine the green as like a battery, so the battery gives out energy to those it deems worthy, and those who deem worthy have to recharge the green as well. Right. So it's like an avatar. So Swamp Thing is known as the avatar of the green. Those before him have been the avatar of the green. Those after him will be the avatar of the green. Hmm. Depending on which version you read, yeah, because true, yeah. they've rebooted him, they've modernized him, they've gone back and they've retconned many things. Yeah, definitely. So you've got to be really careful where you read from Swamp Thing, because if you read the very first appearance, it's not uh, Alec Holland, no. it's Alex Olsen. Now, yes. they obviously have to change that because they didn't like the name Olsen, because it was currently being used by Jimmy Olsen. Of course, yeah. So uh, they didn't want to stick with Alex either, so mm. they moved on Al to... Also, it was set in the like 1700s. It was like very gothic horror, wasn't it? It was very much your the, what lives in the shadows monster. It wasn't a personality. Yeah. It was a, a grunting beast that I believe came from a bad murder that came yeah. back. So Basically, Yeah, I think I think it was, um, if I remember rightly, the the kind of best friend loved the 
best friend's wife and decided to kill off the husband. And then the husband came back in the form of a swamp thing because he Big old revenge story. disposed of the body. And it's very classic. I think it was, I want to say House of Secrets. It was, yeah. yeah. Um, that recently got republished in a facsimile edition. Hmm. So anybody who's looking to read it, your local comic book retailer should be able to get you a copy for about £3.50. Yeah. So you get a piece of history, not only for Swamp Thing, they've done uh, First Rachel Ghoul, they've done nice. First Poison Ivy recently. Uh, comic Den still has on the shelf the classic Joker cover where he's holding the card. Uh, of course. Uh, yeah. I can never remember uh, too much about the issue because I've just been so yeah. stuck in deceased. To be, to be fair, that is, it's only about 10 pages or so. It's like a backstory to that. I mean, these horror comics are like anthology comics, much mm. like the, the ones me and Dan discussed on one of the previous podcasts. Uh, we talked about how all the horror comics came from, from out of the comic book code era and they kind of started, you know, trialing things out. And and it's one of these things like Spider-Man, the Amazing Amazing Fantasy 15 was the last issue of that run of fantastical stories. And Spider-Man, the sales of Spider-Man were through the roof. So they're like, this character's popular. Let's do a series. Stole the heart of the nation. So, and that's exactly what happened with Swamp Thing. He became a very popular character. They loved the story. They loved the gothic uh, feel, the horror. And they thought, well, let's modernize it. Let's take it a little bit more kind of sci-fi and get it in the modern DC universe so we can interact with all those amazing characters the DC pantheon has to offer. But nobody really matches Swamp Thing. That's what I like about him. Mm. You know, you look into the comics, you've got Poison Ivy who's got a connection to the green. Mm. You've got Jason Woodrow with a connection to the green. And then within his own series, mainly in the New 52, you learn about the previous avatars, mm. um, even hints at new foundations being built. You've got the entire potential of the machines becoming an avatar, yeah. uh, well, needing an avatar for their parliament. You've got a parliament of death, decay, water, life, everything, red, the flesh, animal man. Yes, he's very yeah. tuned into the red. So yeah, he's um so so basically he's an avatar for the green and there's all these parliaments, quote yeah. unquote parliaments. So these um ancient kind of they all represent a kind of energy force, if you will. They do, and they have to be a life form. Uh, also conflict. You can't have mm. balance without conflict in these series. I think I think Animal Man's one is called the Parliament of the Limbs, because it's all about animals. Normally narrowed down to the red. So, yes, the red. Uh, as you can call it the red. When you break it down into the Swamp Thing New Fifty Two, you've got the time well more of, it's more of a full run that just cross over. Uh, you've got the Animal Man run, which also moves on into the Swamp Thing run. They merge for the Rot World storyline yes. against Anton Arcane. Yeah. And it's just a joy. Um, the main focus of the It's basically a big event. That one was like a big event. Went over everything. Yeah. Teen Titans, Justice yeah. League. Um, he even rolled into, was it Brightest Day and Blackest Night had part of that? As maybe, well. maybe. I'm not entirely... It was... I think it began there because they Brightest Day was just prior to Flashpoint and that's when they reset the universe. But let's... We're, we're going way... We're going way, way... <laughs> Way into the future, like so. Let's go back. Let's go back to his origins. So, uh, Alec Holland. Who is Alec Holland? Oh, he, he's very far from Swamp Thing. He goes on a big journey from being exploded in his lab, ends up in the swamp. I think they call them microbial worms. I think that's what okay. they said. Yeah. Uh, when his body was exploded, he was doing research on the swamp life, seeing why it was misbehaving, why it was. Working. He came up with a bio restorative formula, which was to help um, kind of initiate plant growth. Yeah, to, the on a wide scale idea was to you know populate fruit in Africa in the yeah. desert. Um, can we grow crops that we've never been able to in quantities that we've never been able to? Genuinely good things. So his lab was raided by terrorists, which yeah. the story uncovers a bit more. Yeah, and he ends up in the swamp. The microbial worms apparently eat his flesh away, and yeah. he's burned. He's disfigured. He's dead. Yeah. He's done. He's, he's gone. crispy. He's, gone. he's done. There's barely a skeleton. Yeah. But out comes a swamp monster. Mm. Now, 
We don't how, learn what happened. How, what a while. coincidence. Just so happened that mm. he knew a lot of the same things. Mm. Hmm. But we don't learn about what actually happens to Alec until the autopsy, mm. which was one of my all-time favourite scenes, which I'm yeah. definitely going to be talking about a lot when we yeah. talk about the episode. True. It was just a genuine joy. But the reason I like Alec so much is he's very inquisitive. He's not a scientist doing world domination. No. He's not trying to cure a virus. He's gone right to the roots of a simple problem. The right, roots. Literally the yeah, roots. Yeah, very nice. So, you know, we haven't got enough food for the mouths we have to feed. Yeah. Make more food. Hmm. Simple. We've got plant strains for medicine that are yeah. dying out. Make more. Yeah. Deserts, you know, desolate crops dying, you know, potato famines and all that other stuff. Which is something they change in the series, though. Mm. The, the biorestorative formula doesn't seem to be his. They don't really go over no. it very much. It's like he's discovering somebody else's work. Mm. But they never really clarify that. It, it feels to me that it's like it's Jason Woodrow. He created the accelerant. They call it an accelerant. They do, yeah. And I think Jason Woodrow, Jason Woodrow uh, creates it and puts into the swamp, and then it, and the swamp kind of reacts to that. So it's, it's unnatural, and the swamp fights back. Yeah, so they uh, develop a green flu and literally puts like trees and vines. I people. did love the green flu, coughing up leaves and yeah. plant matter and green gunk. Yeah, and it was made scarier because it was in children. Mm. Which, one of the things that I kind of disagreed with was that, but as much as I was like, okay, this doesn't make sense, but I love it. Yes. So, why is the swamp attacking children? It's always observed. It's mm. always had a force governing it, which we now know to be the parliament. Yeah. And it's always said that those who attack it, it will attack back. Mm. Children. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's, that that's questionable. But so, then again, you yeah. see what happens with that child. <laughs> But um, so, yeah, the origin is, you know, he's developing this by restorative formula. Terrorists want it to use it. I think they want to just make money off it. And, you know, he's burnt alive. His wife is killed. Um, he's also a scientist. Jumps into the swamp and then the swamp creature comes out. And in the original story, the swamp monster, the swamp thing is Alec Holland. It is. Yes. Um, it was something that was later done over again by Alan Moore. Yeah. Now Alan so Moore he, he kind of rebooted the character, didn't he? Kind of. This mm. is what I like It's like about a soft it. reboot. Because while reboot is an accurate term, mm. the mantle of Swamp Thing's been passed around. The idea that you can summon a new avatar, you can summon an old avatar, you can resurrect them, apparently. Mm. And you can do all sorts of things. So you didn't need to reboot. He added more history which is a good way of doing it. When you go into the New 52, yeah. you go into the old, the old ones, and you patch the gaps, which is why Alex Olsen wasn't a rewrite. It was mm. just past history. Yeah, exactly. So it's something you've done, you know, from the future. To it's basically, it was basically kind of a retcon, basically, yeah. of, in, in a way. But um, it wasn't such like Flashpoint mm. or anything like that. It was a bit more easy to digest. It wasn't like, okay, this is a very clear cut where we're changing history. Yeah. It was subtle little changes. And I think that went Over a long time. way with the adult audience because mm. it's an adult book. Oh, definitely. It's a horror story. I, I mean, it basically jump-started DC Vertigo, which is, you know, adult storytelling for adult readers, even said on the books, like for mature readers or mature horror or something. Or sophi no, sophisticated horror. Wasn't I it? saw some things in that and I do believe it was sophisticated. Yeah, horror. I believe it was sophisticated. Uh, my, one of my early Swamp Thing books, I started with, it was a book by Andy Diggle. Hmm. I believe it was 2004, 2006, somewhere okay. there. It was called The Bad Seed. Okay. Now, it was one of the uh, original Vertigo runs, and it was about Tefe Holland, the child of... Uh, I think that's Brian K. Vaughan, I think. I don't know if Andy Diggle maybe wrote her afterwards, but, but I know he created Tefe. It was... I think. The story basically involved her getting more powerful with the use of a crystal. And you end up having these two titanic clashes between her as an avatar of the Red and Swamp Thing is the green. And there were like 30 foot tall Kajus fighting each other. There was, nice. there was a part where Tefe rips stomachs from corpses in the ground, blocks out the sun thinking yeah. it will weaken Swamp Thing. What does Swamp Thing do? Snaps his finger, 
all of it turns into fire. The <laughs> gas inside them lights up and it's like, oh, child, you think you could defeat me? Yeah, exactly. Ends up killing his daughter. Oh, and in the way, she resurrected some naked beings who, you know, sure. hopped off the good foot, did the bad thing while heavily mutated. And that was on page like 10. Okay. So it's an adult book. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we've, we've had the origin. So yeah, Alan Moore has, he takes the character in some very weird places. My favourite storyline is the American Gothic storyline where it introduces John Constantine and he sends him on this journey. Back when he looked like Sting. Yes, exactly. Well, he yeah. was designed to look like Sting. That's the whole, that was the whole point. He was, you know, people were like, I want to draw Sting and they're like, fine, off you go. <laughs> Do uh, it and have him swear. But, you know, he's, and John Constantine is a huge character and he's spun off and has had his own, you know, TV show. Carried Vertigo as well. Yeah, animated, uh, you know, all these kind of characters as well. The, I think the modern, probably in the modern DC universe was like this was on the way to Watchmen. this is on the way to the dark knight returns this was when comics were changing in such a huge way and trying to capitalize on being like we said sophisticated suspense or you know not just spandex clad adventures exactly and it's not like, like i think um alan moore said in a couple of interviews that it's you know a boy fantasy boy power fantasy and that's and that's not what he was trying to do and he was trying to introduce these ideas you know that he's not a human being this this character is a vegetable the delusions of grandeur with delusions of grandeur yeah he thinks he's a vegetable who thinks he's a man and that opened up so many interesting doors and psychology and characterizations that like it's it's a simple idea but it's also quite brilliant it's very incomparable yeah you know who thought let's all right we've got a big monster Mm. but what if he was a salad. Yeah, okay. Um, I mean, yeah. And I throw that through the writer's room. We've had Swamp Monsters before that have been mostly mindless. So in the creation of Swamp Thing, I'm going to go over to Marvel just for a little bit. The creation of Swamp Thing is, contra- is controversial because both writers from Marvel and DC were living together in the same apartment and within the same month, both characters debuted. Mm, now, a bit weird, coincidental. However, I think the Man-Thing slightly earlier than Swamp Thing. However, Swamp Thing has been in more media. And the I think the issue with Man Thing is that he does not have a mind. No. He is he does not have a character. He was a guy it's, it's the same origin basically. I'll be real with you. Yeah. Don't know Man Thing. No. It's something you've been trying to get me to read for a while. But my problem is yeah. I love Swamp Thing. Mm. I'm not putting down my Swamp Thing book. That's that's but, fine. But I think if you ever get bored of that, there's some really interesting stuff you can find. There's um I think there's a lot of Alan Moore com- that comes from Man Thing. Dropping L S D and writing comics. Where would it start? Where would you start? You would start with the Man Thing Complete Collection or one of the essential Man Things in black and white they brought out. I do like my black and white Swamp Monsters. There you go then. My Saga of the Swamp Things are all in black and white. As much as I love the coloured reprints, Mm -hmm. I just love black and white. When you've got Swamp Monsters, there's a background of Swamp. If I can go home and pick up those copies for you, I can. I've got volume one, volume two, and it's the full run by Steve Gerber, who basically what I call acid comics. They're about as weird as you can get. There's there's one where um, where a clown kills himself and then puppeteers all the other characters around him and and they basically act out his life. Dan, is your reading list a cry for help? Always. <laughs> Glad we've been over my, that. My entire life is. <laughs> All right. Have you read the Swamp Thing Winter Special? I've not. Let's swap. Okay. We'll do All a swap. Right. We'll do a swap. But um, there's some great stuff in there, and it's wacky and weird stuff that, that brings to mind the Alan Moore stuff. So I think there is... I, I like to think that he read some of that. Like, Steve Gerber even contacted Len Wein, who created, uh, co-created the character of Swamp Thing. He, he rang him up and went, right, 
what are you doing on Swamp Thing? What is your what are the stories you're telling? And Steve Gerber went, I'm going to do the exact opposite, and went on these weird, trippy adventures where Man Thing fights a barbarian made out of peanut butter. I've seen Swamp Thing run around as popcorn. I know, and, that's, <laughs> and that was thirty years later. Yeah, and uh, but this is this is back mid seventies, proper adventurous kind of comics, and the Len Wein Swamp Thing stuff is great. It's really good, but it's the Steve Gerber Man Thing. It's on a different level. Two sides of a coin. Exactly. Still good. Both very good. Both classic comic books. And a lot of has come after. But Swamp Thing has the advantage of having a mind. Man-Thing's great if you put him around loads of other great characters, like a cipher. He's interesting, but only with decent characters surrounding him. His supporting cast is very strong. But with Swamp Thing, the advantage is he is still a man, effectively. He's not... He's a vegetable. He's fully a vegetable. Oh. But he has the mind, or the memories, and the consciousness. Mainly the emotions as and, well. And yeah, which he doesn't know how to process, which is a big part of his storytelling. And we, we see some really interesting stuff, especially like in Mal and Moore's run, especially we see a love story story between a vegetable and a woman you're with the sexy sap that tastes like life yes there you go yeah you know we have this big like the the he eats he he grows these kind of spores and he shares them with uh abigail arcane who is the the lead female character in all these stories for the most part and they go on this kind of this they kind of connect they swap kind of consciousnesses and they experience things on a new plane of, of Glad existence. to see that's been referenced recently. Yeah, exactly. It's it's something that's so unique. And they call it, they, they do call it, unfortunately, they call it the, you know, the swamp sex book or swamp sex scene. And it effectively it is, but it's sharing, you know, all of yourself on a truly emotional level, on an intimate psychological level with somebody else the only thing i'd say is if anybody's looking into it make sure you read it in the saga the swamp thing because it's shared over double page spreads mm. and it's one of them's like a map of swamp things yeah. body through her mind and then you've got this vast landscape mm. it's visually very well told as well it's as beautiful the artwork is absolutely beautiful abby's face is one of the best thing drawn in comics yeah every little detail is just crisp perfect or soft and perfect or just genuinely really well done with the setting and if you're not if you're not scared by these stories fair enough but you will be disturbed oh I've, you will I've be truly disturbed yeah it's the way it's drawn the way it's portrayed all these kind of dark disturbing characters like the young men yeah the young men like anton arcane uh, and the rot and things like that there's a lot in there to enjoy even if you're not a fan of horror per se go and seek these books out because they are gorgeous to look at and any any of these films any of these books but love this and love yeah. the series mm. so one of the things i loved about it is how far they'll go just to be weird not for just the sake of being weird but to open doors to other weird and other scary mm. and other don't tell your friends because they're going to think you're a freak mm. like you tell me a 13 year old child is running around raping his sister and eating roadkill that have maggots in it i would probably ask you to leave yeah yeah like we unfortunately, said unfortunately i'm weird too so i want to i want you to tell me more <laughs> tell me more about that how were the maggots were they completely <laughs> soft and chewy <laughs> how do you describe the taste of maggots yeah well hmm. but no the story again it's one that's been told multiple times yeah um i feel the new 52 has really polished a lot of the alan moore run mm. but it's take it or leave it you, you know, if you're happy with the Alan Moore run, you're a fuddy duddy. Yeah. You know, Alan Moore reading later on stuff. Yeah, if you've if you've read fan. if you've read Alan Moore stuff and you enjoyed his writing, I think Swamp Thing is great. I do think my interest drops later in the run. It's not 
some of it, like, I love Alan Moore, but some of it does become a little pretentious here and there, and it does become a bit like, okay. Volume 3 was a particularly hard one to get through for me. Yeah. Which, um, which one was the space creatures, the little, um, the ones in the red and blue suits that came out of a little UFO. Oh, yeah. Why? Yeah, well, for me, it's when he went to space. Like, there's some great stories in there, but there's also some where I'm like, do I really need to read a story about a, a Green Lantern who's also a tree? Yeah. Maybe not. Anyway, um, I tell you what, let, let, I'm just going to throw this memory in there. Do you remember when we were at that comic book quiz and we ended yeah. up having an argument with a guy about a green uh, yes. it, Mogo the Green? Yeah, so we were at the we won the we won the quiz. We, did. we, we won, won the quiz. Prizes, it, was Batman, and Sarah. It, was, it was Batman Day. You, me, and Sarah went. We beat five people on their phones. Yeah. Three of us without any phone. Exactly. And yeah, the question was, in DC Comics, who's the character Mogo? And I went, oh, great. It's not even to do with Batman. It's brilliant. It's, you know, Mogo. You didn't think outside the box. Yeah. You steamrolled the I box. was like, yeah, I was like, the, the box does not exist. So I, I was like, it's Mogo. It's the, you know, the, the greatest, the, green the largest Green Lantern there is. The, yeah. You know, one of the strongest Green Lanterns there is. He is a, a sentient planet. So I was like, it's got to be Mogo. Who, what other Mogos are in DC Comics? A gorilla dam. Yes. A bat gorilla a dam. A bat gorilla. So. So, so you've had you have Titano, which is the super gorilla, but I didn't realise there was a bat gorilla. There's so, so many gorillas in DC. It's <laughs> it was popular. Like whatever, whatever. Whenever they put a gorilla on the cover, the sales would spike. So every almost every week there'd be a gorilla on the cover. I want them all posed together like the Ginyu Force. <laughs> Why is that some sick fantasy of mine? <laughs> that's, that's definitely definitely unusual. My favourite moment of that quiz was uh, I re I remember we called ourselves the uh, the Order of Saint Dumas, yeah, which is a play on the Order of Saint Dumas from uh, Batman Nightfall. We're very big nerds. We are. We are quite nerdy. Um, but my favourite was like, what? who was Batman's first love interest? And everyone was like, you were like, oh, it's Vicky Vale. It was Vicky Vale. I went, no, I don't think it is. I think it's Julie. Something. I could hear you literally going through your catalogue. I was like, there is a brain. word here. There yeah. is a word. Two words. Two words. I, I think like, a name. I was like, a love interest. It's a dark night. I'm like, it's it's got to, it's Julie something. It's got to be Julie something. And I was like, Julie Madison. It's, Ju it's Julie Madison. Not loud. I didn't say this loud. You see, when Dan gets excited, we know to trust him. That's like, when he's dug in the box. It's got to be that. It's be that. And I was like, I was like, put it down. Put it down because everyone's going to think it's Vicky Vale. Put it down. Um, and you were like, yeah, yeah, well, let's do it, let's do it. What is the harm? We lose one, one question, one point. And, and af after we handed in the quiz, I was like, I'm going to Google that because I'm I want to be 100 percent sure. And I was like, and how right. smug did you look? I was so I was so. And the fact that we won, I was like, by one point. Was it was it, it by one, one point? point? Yeah, that was it. That was the and one. It, then I found it really suspicious because the other group got it right. And I know for a fact none of them actually read comics. Yeah. I know them personally. So when we were handed our prizes, I was a little bit like, well, well, well. Look who showed up to watch us get our prizes. Mm. I took the comic. I think you took a t-shirt. I got a mug. Oh, you got a mug. Yeah, yeah. It was a, like a Lego Batman mug. It's amazing. It's great, no. like it was in a Fab Cafe. If you uh, frequent Manchester, it's kind of a geek. We have to have a word with Den about doing quizzes. Yeah, we should do something. Well, that quiz that I came to the comic Den that, that night was brilliant. I had a great time. <laughs> you mean you versus me and the other people? <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. I tell you what, there was some. There was a question on it. I've been kicking myself since, and it was the name of Ant Man's daughter in the film, Cassie Lang. Yeah. Where was that? Where was that in my head? Took five of us three minutes. Yeah. And it has one of my favourite lines. It's so ugly. I love him. Yeah. <laughs> also known as Stature or Stinger in the comic books. Is everybody a superhero? She, pretty much. Yeah. If, if you're related to a superhero, you're probably going to become Even a superhero. Even the postman's well known in the, in the Marvel yes. Universe. Willie Lumpkin. The when fantastic... you cosplaying? <laughs> We've <laughs> talked about this for... We have talked about I've this. known you for... Ever. Six, no, coming up nine years. Jesus. No, it can't be... No, it can't be nine years. We, we worked at, let's say, the hostel for... 
Oh, you know, six, seven, seven, yes. eight. Somewhere yeah, it must like be that. like that. Yeah, uh, and ever since we've been quick doing nerdy things separately. We yeah, used to we did, meet in the workplace. And we did. We, we did some podcasts. For we don't the, really work anymore, the, do we? Well, I, I mean, I do. <laughs> I don't. I sit in a comic shop and talk nerdy. It's really nice, actually. <laughs> That's great. It's a great job. I want that job. You, yeah. You want to do a swap? You want? You want to do? Uh, you want to do uh, what I do? Speaking of the unmen. Yes. <laughs> Let's <laughs> go back to the comics. Yeah, let go back to the comics. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I, I think for me the pinnacle. Of of, uh, of Alan Moore's run comes comes in the middle. It's called American Gothic. Like we said, got John Constantine says, you don't know anything about being the Avatar of the Green. You don't even know how to do this. Because no. um, Swamp Thing, he die, his body gets destroyed and he grows himself a new one. Which in the modern day is a very common trick. Yeah. But back then it was like... It was like... Oh, we, it looked, and he was he's dying for like two issues. One of the reasons um, that Constantine didn't really understand the Green is nobody does. Mm. Every avatar pretty much dies with their secrets, and yeah. the parliament are known for keeping them. Mm. So every avatar has to relearn everything. Mm. Constantine may have seen some avatars. And again, it's, it's very much like, you know, they, they never tell you everything. They'll never go, like, this is it, this is that, this is that. They're You're all... a puppet. Yeah, exactly. And if you see the strings, what's the point? And I mean, not unlike parliament in this country, they're not all good. No. So the Palm of Trees, basically all the previous avatars of the green, yep. uh, they have retired or decided to die effectively or become one with the green is probably a better term. Yeah, it's certainly in some runs. Um, they actually have kind of like an afterlife, like a holding yeah. pen for previous Almost, ones. yeah. Kind of. uh, one of the stories, Swamp Thing actually grants them back their old life, brings them back as human. One of them is a gluttonous uh, kind of... Do you remember the, the golden robot in Future Armour? He just sits around eating robots. Oh, yes. He's very much that kind oh, of Oh, God, is it... Um, oh, what's it called? It's something like um, a voyeurism bot or something like that? Or so. Future Armour was funny something many bad. moons ago. Yeah. It ended sadly and I never got over. But yeah, there's some... That that's, so that's quite an interesting part that they've got their agenda. They don't believe. I think all the avatars have to die and become. I think they die in fire. Is that right? They all die in fire and then come back. Or... Again, it's another one of those things that every writer depends changes. on the writer. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so they they die and they become an avatar of the green. Like, and obviously, like the those original stories were led to believe that he is still a human underneath. That he is you know, Alec Holland, and that the biorestorative formula is the cause of it. The big green illusion. Yeah, and, it, and that's and that's not true. We find out that he just becomes an avatar of the green uh, because that's the natural order of things and they had their eye on him. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're, I find them really fascinating, that, that group of characters. Like there's later on in the Charles Soul run, the wolf, who is, I think, the the one prior to Alec Holland. I think it's the one from the comic. I yes, I believe. Oh gosh, yeah, you're he's going got, really kind of, far back. Yeah, he's that. kind of he's got a, like he kind of looks like one of these um, kind it's a of samurai, the samurai guy. No, no, he kind of looks like a, kind of a, a libertine or something like that. Yeah, he kind of that. He's got that look about him. Because there was another part where. Um, when you meet him, he's literally walking through. There's so many. He was in like a, can I interest you in this hot tub filled with these beautiful green women? No, I have a little more respect for yeah. women. <laughs> he's like, he's like, one and I have two. One and I have three. Yeah, oh, it was weird. Like, I, yeah. It kind of, imagine like going through a plaza with all the people mm. you'd meet. And it's like, can I interest you in these women? <laughs> can I interest you in eternal life? Can, is that a yay for eternal life? You, you've got quite a, you're, I've got a few friends who, when they talk about comic books, they have an affinity for these kind of monster characters. Would you say would you say that's true of yourself? Until recently, I would have one hundred percent agreed with you. Mm -hmm. I've uh, my comic books have changed in the last year. As you know, I work for Comic Den. Mm -hmm. I've been there now for what be two years in January, and I, I, I want to say it's annoying. Okay, 
Because when you work in a comic shop, people spoil comic book stories for you if they read them before you. Yes. So you're rushing through these stories. Yeah. You're reading titles you didn't know you'd be interested in. Aquaman is the only Rebirth I've read since Dan Abnett got on it in Rebirth yeah. number one. Yeah, they're all the way very through. Very good writer. Them. I'm now reading Martian Manhunter. I never had anything to do with that before this year. Mm -hmm. Deceased, a zombie story featuring DC characters. Sounds boring for me. Yeah. Uh, Marvel Zombies was pretty boring for me. Fair Don't enough. believe in zombie stories. Oh, dear God, read Deceased. <laughs> it's so good. Would it be as good if I didn't read Man of Steel, the Superman story? Probably not. Oh. I started reading Superman this year. Fantastic. I watched Superman 1 for the first time this year. Shame on you, sir. Guilty nerd sin. <laughs> uh, I then watched uh, 2 and 3, and I've been told if I watch 4, I'm an idiot. So No, if you watch 4... I mean, you're not an idiot, but... If I enjoy it, I'll be Yeah, if you enjoy it, you're probably an idiot. Yeah, I would, I would say yeah. that. Uh, I mean, you can enjoy it in an ironic way. Don't worry, the new episode of Watchmen came out. I'll put that on the first. Okay, fair enough. So, fair enough. no, um, yeah, so a few years ago, it was all monsters. It was Swamp Thing, Swamp Thing, Etrigan the Demon, yeah. some more Swamp Thing. I, I Justice League Dark, that always appeals to me. Uh, the new 52 run was pretty good. Yeah. wasn't exactly what I wanted. The new run, which is uh, James Tinian's on it, and I think his name's Miguel, who does the artwork. Mm. The stuff he's doing on Man Bat is a reason to read it alone. Uh, in this latest issue and the one before it, so you're looking at two months, so it's not really a spoiler here. He currently in the comics can inject a serum, and think of it as a percentage. He could be half bat. Yeah. He could be 100% bat. So if he needs his super hearing, he can put his little jab okay, in. Cool. And his head just turns into a bat, which is quite amusing when he's got the little body and the, yeah, yeah. And the lab coat. He's got a buddy cop relationship with Detective Chimp. It's a very different man bat. Yeah, sounds like it. Oh, and for some reason, with some dark magic and his serum, he's now a, uh, a completely hideously mutated bat beast with like five heads, a million eyes, crawling and grotesque grinting. Yeah, they need to fix that. That sounds quite disturbing. Yeah, man bat's had quite the year. Hmm. But his story's interesting, even just inside. Um, I'm reading Wonder Woman as part of that story, yeah. the crossover with The Witching Hour. Mm. Never read Wonder Woman before. Great. Um, I've picked up a 100-page special. Uh, if you've not read them, the new 100-page specials, they're like £4.50 for 100 pages. Yeah, so they're like kind of mini graphic novels, aren't they? I wouldn't even say mini. Like, yeah. I've paid 12 quid for a book that's like 70 pages before. True, yeah. I would rather pay £4.50. Yeah, I like four pounds. Sounds 50. good. That's a good. And one. I think I think when they do those, they pick out some very good stories. Like I've seen, I think I've seen Jeff Johns Green Lantern in there, which yeah. is an incredible run. You should definitely read that if you get a it's, if you get a chance. It's more than teasers, but it's enough to make you want to read more or put it down yeah. and say I'm done. Fair play. It's the kind of it's complete story. Swamp Thing one came out this week. Okay, so that is number one. So I think there's three more to come. Mm -hmm. So definitely look into it. Um, also this week we had Saga of the Swamp Thing issue one as a reprint as a right. comic DC are doing one pound comics so try new things yeah, for a pound for uh, certainly the original appearance of well uh, just just read, just read comics in general just read just read yeah, comics just sit in a nice quiet corner read yeah. a comic chill out some good stuff yeah. you know ha have a Merlot like, have a, yeah have a nice Merlot you know just... I'm more of a woo woo man but you know <laughs> <laughs> woo woo I'll take a woo woo and a Swamp Thing please yes. I'll have my porn star martini oh gosh that's stag do I still remember <laughs> <laughs> I had many porn star martinis I, I'm sure so many do you know what hurt more than my liver uh, my kidneys and my on. stomach and my the back of my eyes my wallet they were £8.50 okay. each I, I thought you were going to say the cancellation of Swamp Thing well I'm not as angry about that as you'd think. Okay, tell me more. Is this the part where we dive into the show and like proper picketing? Yes, yes, I think okay. so. Let's go for it. Let's go. So for it. let's start with what we assume is the pilot episode, episode yes. one. Loved it. Mm -hmm. I could watch that 
and introduce new friends to it a hundred times over. Directed by uh, horror director James Wan. And he has done some great work this year with Aquaman as well. Yeah. Aquaman released, was it early this year or late last year? I think it was year? December. For me, it was January. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> I loved it. It's so great. The, the scene with the trench is like pure horror. Well, he's rumoured to be doing that as a film. Um, okay. Rumoured. Okay. I never believe these things. Sure. But I'd like it. Yeah. I, I wouldn't I mean, be objected to it. I mean, if you did Aliens Underwater... I think I'm in, to be fair. If you did Aliens without anything that happened after the originals, yes. <laughs> yes, sure. So, no, I'm, I think that's really good. Um, the problem I have with Swamp Thing is it was 10 episodes. It was never planned to be 10 episodes. Mm. The original season one was supposed to be 13 episodes, mm -hmm. and the original idea was three seasons. Now, admittedly, this is things we've learned through Facebook blogs yeah, and yeah. Uh, the stars coming forward, yeah. writers coming forward. Now, there's a few theories of why the show was cancelled. There's a couple of facts, which I use loosely. Yeah, sure. There's uh, a few speculations. And the one I've heard at the moment is the big vision for Swamp Thing was to do three seasons and then maybe a Constantine. Yeah. Maybe do a Justice League dart. And there's certainly roots of that set. Oh, See, definitely. All roots, roots, yeah. Yeah, a few seeds here and there yeah. of a new Justice League dart. But then DC Comics decided to turn over another leaf. Well, they rotted everything out of this one. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> so you can clearly see... I mean, see... they're very busy. They're swamped. <laughs> oh, that Greenpeace advert. <laughs> uh, Dan hadn't actually seen the Greenpeace advert, which was, I believe, 89. And it was the original swamp thing, the original actor, the original Sue. It was almost like he just stepped off the movie set to talk to two children about saving the environment. Pretty much. And it's like, you have to help the environment and stop leaving plastic. Why, Swampy? Are you too busy? Well, I'm swamped. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We were crying in the back of our eyes, like, we can't justify this as comedy, but our bodies won't let it go. <laughs> it's like, to be fair, those, those stars were in Return of the Swamp Thing. They were. Surprisingly, before this show, the Swamp Thing's had quite a history in other media. So he's had a movie directed by Wes Craven. Yep. No, you know, it's not his, it's not Wes Craven's best movie I would By not any call means. it good. <laughs> no, it's not good. But it's it's got the kind of classic tropes of Swamp Thing. I will know? say, if you're looking at getting into Swamp Thing, don't start. Yeah, don't go there. Please don't. However, don't. there was a sequel. I don't know how, but they decided to do a sequel, which I think slightly more based on the Alan Moore run. However, the tone is totally away from the Alan Moore. It felt like a pantomime. Yes. and It's very campy, but I quite enjoyed it. I mean, it was more fun. It's my napping film. Yeah, sure. Like, uh, at the moment, I'm watching Aquaman to Nap or yeah. uh, Book of Life, the animated movie. The yeah. Oh, yeah. Rock me to sleep. Um, but it's one of those films where you can kind of just wake up, enjoy five minutes of it, going, all right, I'm bored, nap. Oh, we'll wake up. Yeah. Then there was there was a three series of a live action TV show in the early 90s. Animated series. Animated series. Anton Arcane in a children's series. Yes. Mm. Well, I'm sure we'll get into his debauchery. There's so much debauchery. Forgive me, I've sinned. Yes. Obviously, the 90s were very environmental. We had Captain Planet. We did. You know, we were all Don about. Chibble. Yeah, yeah. We're all about. <laughs> we're all about. You know, saving the planet and stuff. So why not? The Swamp Thing is very apt for that. He is part of the green. He's protector of the green. You know why not? Well, because the film was terrible. Yeah, that, <laughs> there is that. Um, yeah. But yeah, but Swamp Thing has been about, and he's appeared in multiple animated um, things. What I've been saying for years, we deserve a Swamp Thing film. Hmm. I never thought TV series. I thought they yeah. couldn't do a Swamp Thing TV series. The budget required just simply could not match mm. the expectations of fans like myself. Mm -hmm. So if we go back, oh, I've been reading Swamp Thing now for Good eight, 10 years, something like that. Yeah, I have to keep rereading it because Swamp Thing fans won't admit this. There's a lot of boring in the book. 
there is. Yeah, the, there can be. little tiny bits that are just boring and dragged on, weird alien appearances, oh, we're in yeah. space. Yeah. And then there's a lot of gold, and the gold makes it worth it. Yeah, definitely. But when you're reading it and you're thinking, man, I really want to share this with people, but how do I get them to read mm. this? How do I get them to step away from the spandex crowd? Yeah, exactly. How do I get them into it? We've been doing it. The TV shows and stuff, you know, right, let's go back to ignore the animated series, ignore the live action series, ignore the old films. Please, dear God, ignore the old films. <laughs> you know, they were a bit before my time, before yeah. I knew Swamp Thing. Hmm. Injustice 2, he was a playable character yeah, that came he was. seemingly out of nowhere. He was. Uh, there was an amazing Easter egg, actually, that went back to the animated series. Hmm. You had a dialogue between Harley Quinn and Swamp Thing, and it was like, Swamp Thing, you are amazing, <laughs> which was the opening of the animated show. Which which was to the tune of Wild Thing. Yeah, and it was great. I was Swamp just like, Thing. I get this reference. <laughs> <laughs> you are amazing. And it was my ringtone for... I mean, I used yeah. to have um, South Park's Uncle Fucker as a ringtone, but then I realised, oh, I, I work places oh. with specifically with children. I remember. Yeah. I, I went, oh, wait, I've got to change that now. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that wasn't ideal. But yeah, so we're talking about the, we were talking about the first episode, weren't we? Yeah. Um, but like I said, we needed to be in a position where the world would appreciate Swamp Thing. Yeah. So big steps had to go before we even got to episode one. So the animated series, the old films, etc. He appears in Justice League action. Mm. Uh, Mark Hamill voices him, yeah, which yeah. is always good. If Mark Hamill does it, watch it. Yes. Um, he's popped up in the old Justice League cartoons only as a silent cameo in the background. Yeah. He's done a Harley Quinn and Batman movie. He was the big elemental that appeared out the water and went, hi guys, and then went away. Jason Woodrow got more time than him. He did. He certainly did. Harley Quinn taco farting got more time than Swamp Thing in an entire thing wrapped up in a Swamp Thing story. It's very, it's very... It's criminal. Like, I knew he would appear. I had a feeling Woodrow's in it, go. Poison Ivy's in it. It's all about the green. And the bi-restorative formula. Exactly, yeah. So then we got to the Justice League Dark Animated movie. This is where I think ah, yes. things changed. Yeah. We got a big, scary elemental. He popped out of the swamp in the shadows. He wasn't a happy-go-lucky character. Right. You know, um, Poison Ivy He's brain controlled him He's to be the, the husband in a yeah. wedding. You know, it's not that. It's not Mark Hamill putting on a... No. No, no disrespect. A goofy voice. It wasn't the voice I no. had chosen for Swamp Thing. John DiMaggio did it in the uh, Harley Quinn. He did, well, what I liked about John DiMaggio, I, I didn't really like the appearance, but what I liked about John DiMaggio was in the Alan Moore run. I mean, at, at the start, when Swamp Thing is created, he can't speak. No. He struggles to speak. He can't control his body. I mean, he's strong. It he's a bit of a brute. Really woody. But yeah, this is almost like it's it's slow. Like there's so many pauses. If you read the the speech bubbles, there's pauses just in the middle of his sentences. Like you know, a algae or tree or plant or bark is growing slowly but surely, like a forest. Yeah, it's branching out. Um, Every day is something new. You exactly. Know, you know, you woke up twelve feet tall. Mm. How would you adapt? You exactly. Yeah. You knock over buses. You yeah. do Whoa. all sorts of things. You know. But the way that Swamp Thing has evolved in media and in people's image is just amazing you know he went from tiny little cameos in things and cheesy films to a multi-million tv show that has now been picked up by amazon prime which means there's hope for a renewal i hope i hope i hope 
very, very far off. What could happen? Yes, maybe. If there's enough, really like I mean, it. I, th- I, I think we're probably closer to another Daredevil show, maybe than Swamp Thing. Well, the, there is some doors maybe open for that. Yeah. So, so, like I'm saying, we needed to deserve the show. We needed to make sure that it was worth the budget that it was made. That Swamp and, Thing and was relevant. It's a character that's not easily accessible. No, he's not had a comic series since the. There you go. So he's had a, a winter special. He's popped yeah. up in the Curse Comic Cavalcade last year. He's he's a character that it's much like kind of Doctor Strange, Daredevil, and what have you. Sometimes the fans don't always go for. For it, no. but the creators love these characters. Well, they teased him in Rebirth by putting him with Constantine for the yeah. first two volumes of Hellblazer. Mm. He's in Justice League yeah. Dark as a mainstay. He's still very much a background character. Like I said, creators love certain characters and they will always pop up forever. Even if they've not got an ongoing series, they will shove a Swamp Thing appearance in there. They'll shove a Doctor Strange appearance in there. Yeah, if you, you know. could stop doing that with Gwenpool, I'd be really good. Like, yeah, sure. Please. <laughs> uh, just let that one stay outside and die. I have to say, like, the practical effects oh. in this show if you like practical effects if you like body horror just youtube the uh what was it the mortuary scene yeah the mortuary scene. if you like that regardless of the context just watch the show yeah that is just brilliant swamp yeah. thing mortuary scene yeah morgue scene yeah uh oh yeah it's it's I'm gonna make burger noises yeah. quite a lot. It's the very I only make there's a lot noise. of kind of body horror elements in it, and I think we do see that. I would have liked to seen a bit more of that in the series, but I don't think we got. I it think much. we got it in the yeah. first two episodes, yeah, and then they realised the budget. So the big thing is we've got one season now. There was budget problems, there was creative differences. There's a lot of rumours about what was yeah. made to be and what was not meant to be. And the big thing is, and I'm going to refer to this a lot, is it was supposed to be three seasons, yeah, and then after that it was supposed to be thirteen episodes. And then it was 10. This is where all the problems, bar a couple, are going to appear. Episode one, perfect pilot. I thought it was great. Very, very early to turn him into Swamp Thing. I mean, when they introduced the character of, of you know, Alec Holland the, and Abby Arcane, mm-hmm. who's working with the CDC about this green flu, trying to cure it. That was something new as well. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. I liked that idea that it was a kind of mass, you know, epidemic. And they introduced them both to each other brand new. So, like, they've never met before. They have no past connection, no past history. But great chemistry. Great chemistry, exactly. Great chemistry. The actors... It's a guy like you wearing sandals yeah. in a swamp. Yeah. yeah. But they, they, do have, they do have great chemistry, and it works. However, he's dead before the end of the show. I think that was a smart way to do because you want to sit your... I agree with you now. Yeah. I didn't then. True. Because when you read Cyber of the Swamp Thing, it's all about the sadness of no longer being human. Yes. The things he misses, mm-hmm. being able to touch, being able to taste, yeah. smell. Yeah. Uh, you Experience know, a human life. Have a beer. Yeah. Simple things. So there's a lot of sad. Like, it's not a happy story, Swamp no. Thing. It's all misery. It's tragedy. It's, it's Alan. pure, pure horror and tragedy. Yeah. And the show does reflect that. But in order to get the good, you have to have the bad. Yeah. And you went straight into the bad. True. And you had very little, why would you miss Alec? Yeah. He's been there for and five I, minutes. And what I think they should have done, I think, yes, kill him off in the first episode, get him to, because we want to see Swan Thing. Yeah. It's not like Daredevil where we're going to get Daredevil but not in the right costume. Yeah, for we need 12 to, episodes? Yeah, we need, to, we need to see Swamp Thing because that's what we're paying for. We only got Punisher in his yeah. trench coat and logo. And then he got... Second season. And then I got, and I got rid of it. So what I would have suggested was that they have a, they have a prior relationship. They've had a, a previous relationship. They've had a, a nasty past. They've had a nasty breakup, but there's still, you know, there's love there. And Alec turns up. He's are you seeing this as like a long relationship that's gone sour? Or are you seeing it as a short fling that never really lifted off? Either or. I think you have to have these past relationships because later in the series, they're flashing back to, they're like, oh, I remember when Alec did this and I remember when Alec did that. And I'm like, oh yeah, that, those five minute conversations you had twice in the first episode. 
I was like, you can't always flash back to one conversation. It would have been nicer if they had more, kind of, you could go further back. The what if they had 13 episodes? This is the question yeah. I'm going to keep coming back. Yeah. Because I originally said after the first episode, it's far too early to turn him into one thing. Even after episode two, I was like, it's a bit early, isn't it? Yeah. And then they started showing the video clips. So Alec kept a log, a video blog of all the working through yeah. Swamp and the conspiracy yeah. theories. And I was like, okay, you're keeping him relevant. Mm. You can see her bouncing off him yeah, off the yeah. screen. And it was really good. She yeah. sold it. Great actress. Good. Uh, Crystal Reed. Teen Wolf and Falcone's daughter in Gotham. Yes. Yeah. I liked Sophia her. Sophia Falcone. Which she shared a scene with one of my other favourite TV characters, well, yeah. comic book characters on TV, Professor Pig. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. Oh, that was great. Uh, he made her eat homeless people pie. Of course. Of course. As you do. Um, <laughs> you don't need to call for help. What are we having for dinner, Mike? Um, we had these burgers. <laughs> they were good. Were uh, they made of homeless people? I cannot confirm or deny. There was something about some guy who liked Thundercats. Anyway, okay. we'll move on. Fair enough, fair enough. So, long story short, I was sat there complaining a little bit, but thoroughly loving everything. It was like 55 minutes of great TV I mm. couldn't complain about. And then, what? You're green? Yeah. This is too early. How am I going to miss Alex? How is the love story going to develop? And then the video clips yeah. just made me fall in love with both the response from Abby and the kind of, it's wholesome. He was yeah. a wholesome character. He was about his work. Yeah. He was worried. Yeah. He was human. That was the big thing. Yes. He was human. You know, he, he, was, had... he was very fallible. He's a brilliant scientist, but he's also very fallible. He was a bit of a tit. Yeah. Wearing sandals in a swamp. Yeah. There <laughs> we go. Uh, what I also like, you mentioned this before I saw it, about the, the episode with the spores. Yes. That was a, oh, that was a great I think that was life. a very good way of bringing that actor. So we referenced it earlier, where the comic books, they did it. They did it for a love scene. Mm -hmm. They did it again as a love scene, but yeah. also as a warning. So mm. the, the series, and again, I'm going to put this down to the three seasons of 13 episodes problem. They were going, right, green flu. Suddenly... The green flu went away. They figured it out in three episodes. Magically disappeared. Oh, well. Well, it must have been the season. So <laughs> they then moved on. They were like, oh, there's darkness. Oh, there's a spoopy thing in there. Oh, 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 it's the rot. Mm. Okay. Then we're going to move on away from that again. And we're going to move to the third act of this yeah. 10 to 13 episode series. And, oh, no, Swamp Thing's a bad guy. We want his DNA. That was the problem. You changed the yeah. pacing of the show. It was. It did, if the it flu did lasted longer, if the rot was left for season two, mm. I think part of the problem is they were baiting the audience. Yeah. Like, if you go, right, we've got 13 episodes, we're being cancelled, we can only air 10. Let's do what we were trying to do. Yeah. And hopefully the fans will... Do you remember Save Lucifer? Lucifer was cancelled. The internet exploded. I think they were baiting something like that. Yeah. Hashtag Save Swamp Thing. Yeah. And that's where we got these really cool moments that didn't develop. But you can't bait something when you've only debuted at the first episode and then go, oh, it's over. No one, why one thing no one's so gonna, early. No one's going to watch something that's already been cancelled after the first episode. I didn't. You know, I wouldn't. You know, Do you know that the team didn't even know it was cancelled until after it aired? I can't believe that. Yeah, there was a post shocking, from uh, James Wan on Facebook. It's like, yeah, we kind of all found out and we're all really disappointed. Yeah. We had a lot of heart and soul into this, yeah. you know. They knew they had something good, and it is good. Why did they cancel after one? There was no change. Why not leave it till? Why not leave it till the end of the whole scene? This is what Derek Derek Mears is the actor who plays the character of the Swamp Thing. Yeah, and he said, "Why not leave Just it whole season? Well, and then see what the reaction is, and then decide." For people in the UK, we only got it on Amazon Prime. In the and last came, couple of weeks, it was literally like a week ago, yeah, yeah. and that all dropped as a full series. For those who have sources, yes, and Americans, or if you are living in America and have access to the DC Universe app, yep, 
uh, you could watch it weekly. Mm. So I was lucky enough to watch it weekly. Yeah. And every week I was gripped. I was waiting for the next one. Mm -hmm. Really good. But when I knew it was cancelled after episode one, a lot of people were telling me, oh, I'm not watching it. It's already cancelled. Yeah. What? Yeah. You're, you're, you're watching it because you're not watching it? What? Yeah. You, you said it was. it looks like a good show, but I'm not watching it because there's it's no more. It's not going to go on. Well, now it's on Amazon Prime. Hmm. Um, another example was Young Justice. That that wasn't meant to be a reason. True, yeah. And that came alive on the DC streaming service because people mm -hmm. were like, give me season three. Give yeah, me yeah. season three. Yeah, yeah. And that happened because it's on the American Netflix and it's not on right. the UK one. So people were binge watching it. It was picking up steam. Mm. And hashtag save Young Justice. Yeah, yeah. All the others came about and we got another season. Please watch Swamp Thing on Amazon Prime. Leave reviews. Hashtag tweet everything. So when it when it was first talked about, everyone was in shock. The hot, yeah. like the cast was in shock, the world was in shock, nerds were in shock, Swamp Thing fans were in shock, everyone was in shock. Cause it's... I had so many people inbox me. It's because it's bizarre. It's a bizarre occurrence in entertainment the television. The DC show I can think that got cancelled before it fully aired in recent history was Powerless. Yeah. And good. Yeah, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. It was silly. It was dumb. For uh, those who don't know, it was basically a show about almost like a, it was a department of Wayne Tech. Yeah. Living in a, a DC universe. Yeah. You know, oh, we've got the anti-rubble umbrella. We've we've come up with the R&D department to save people's lives. There's yeah. an insurance of this. It was kind of like much... it, uh, Marvel were, were developing a damage control series, yeah. which is a very comedic. Basically, they, they appear in... Um, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, the Vulture. Salvage team. Yeah, basically. Um, and in the comics, is a comedic thing. So all the superheroes come in, wreck the city, and then it's damage control, here we come. Oh, what are we like? Kind of thing. So they were developing, and I think they saw how bad Powerless went, and they were like, nope, not going to even touch that. One good thing I'll say is, even though it was cancelled halfway through, when Adam West passed away, they aired his episode, and he was weirdly charming. In... Powerless. Oh, Powerless, right. Okay. Not in Swamp Thing. He I was going to say... Resurrected as a vegetable. I was going to say, well, I, he was in... I'm not sure if he would have been in the filming. Um, <laughs> however, however, screen queen sensation, Adrian Barbeau, who was in The Fog and, you know, various... Uh, Escape from New York. Okay. Some, um, John Carpenter's former wife. She's in the 1982 Swamp Thing movie. I think she's Alice Cable, I think she's called. Okay. And in episode eight... She comes back as Dr. Palomar. As you do. Yes. popping up. A very small role, but I thought it was nice. I like to see it when they, they DC cast... DC like to reuse yeah. characters. You know, I, I like how many it... are in the CW? CW, yeah. yeah. I, I, you know, you get Helen Slater and Dean Cain in Supergirl, that sort of thing. I love that Tom Welling and Erica Durant They're coming counting on it for this crisis. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? It's I don't work. like half of what's going work. on in it. You know, Arrow has bored me to death yeah, since yeah. season two. And, you know, Flash has had ups and downs. And mm. I'm the fastest. I'm the 12th fastest. My wife is faster than me. Literally happened. Mm. And now I'm a bit like, do I have to sit through? Oh, Tom Welling's in it. Oh, Lucifer might be in it. Oh, Tyler Hodgkin's yeah. in it with Brandon Ruth as Kingdom Come to Yeah. Don't mind if I do. I mean, we like our nostalgia. I have stepped, I've, I've stepped away from that for a while because there's just too many shows now. Cloak and Dagger just got cancelled today. Fair. I didn't. I never touched it. I'll be honest. It, Watch it, season one slow. I watched none of it. I, I liked Runaways. I really like Runaways season one, but I haven't done season two or what two. It wasn't for me. Yeah, fair enough. And you see, fine. I like my monsters. That's yeah. fair enough. And Give that's me more fine. monsters. So go back to the cancellation. Yep. So initially, it was said that all this news was coming out, and they said, right. I think DC said, oh, it was a tax break. Yeah, um, people would, looked into that. Yeah, add up. but then I think it was, is it Louisiana where they filmed it? I know it's set in Louisiana. Was, yeah. Wherever they filmed it, they said, they came back and went, because everyone was like, you cancel Swamp Thing, it's your fault we cancel Swamp Thing. 
Um, no, we gave them as much tax breaks as we would give was, anybody else. It was a, a 50 million tax rebate they were relying on to meet the budget. Yeah. But legally, they would only be able to do 12. Mm. So that didn't add up anyway. No, and also, sense. if you're pandering and you're trying to explain things to an audience that you yeah. kind of want to keep on your side because yeah. of your streaming service, don't blame anybody else on your budget. Well, now this this is what I believe is the truth. Okay. Okay. J.J. Abrams, director of the Rise of the Skywalker, Star Wars Rise of the Skywalker. Yeah, that guy. Rise of Skywalker, I think it was, which is coming out in December. He is technically to blame, I believe. Warner Bros. has approached J.J. Abrams, mm -hmm. you know, who's been very successful in his movie career, made millions, you know, he's the new Spielberg, household name. you know, household name, you know, all the Super 8, you know, Cloverfield, all this sort of stuff, produces and writes and directs, all this sort of stuff. Amazing. Currently writing a new Spider-Man comic with his son, you know. I've read that, by he's, the way. He's a powerhouse. He's a cinematic powerhouse, no matter what you feel about him. Look into the comic. It's good. DC, Warner Bros, Time Warner or Warner Media, whatever you want to call them, asked J.J. Abrams to work out of their studios, to develop things for them. So movies, TV, you name it, for them specifically, and to work out of their offices. Okay, to lock them under contract. And to help launch a possible streaming service for Warner Media. They have paid him between $250 million to $500 million just to work out of their offices. That's more than some countries have. I know. Well, a lot of countries. So most are in debt. That's a lot of money to pay one person who has not got has not produced anything yet. Has literally not done anything that will make any money for them now until two or three years down the line, maybe. They had to cut costs without spending any more money. They had to find a way to make that money back without making something new or so all they could do is reduce things, reduce well, their outgoing. Swamp thing was probably the most expensive thing that wasn't cinnamon. Yes. So not only this. Oh. Not only this. The plot thickens. The Sandman is a very famous DC Vertigo character, an imprint. Mm -hmm. DC Universe, the app, which I think was a mistake not launching that worldwide, but I think there's copyright Certainly reasons. by now. Yeah. By now. It's been over well over a year. Yeah, yeah. We That should have been released worldwide, but I think it's copyright issues. Same with Disney+. Plus. We, we aren't going to get it till I believe, 2023. Um, so that's, that I'll hurts. I've my old VHSs. I know, right? <laughs> um, or we'll have to find it through other sources. Yes, other means. Mm. Yark. <laughs> Avast ye, Disney. We'll have to say uh, those <laughs> so, so, yeah. So, Sandman, weirdly, not going to be on the DC Universe app. It's going to be on Netflix. Funny that. Mm. So what they've done, again, low cost to them, big, you know, brings in the money. They've sold the rights to Netflix for Neil Gaiman to work on that character, to produce that show. Much like uh, Good Omens is on Amazon, he's doing the same thing with his character, the character he created, which I think is a great idea. I think the only person who gets that to look into that. Yeah. I still need to read Sandman. Like I've read only volume one of Sandman, and I will get around to it. I think... As that series comes out, I'm going to just binge all of that. But again, that's a big win for them. They've they've spent, they got paid a lot of money and and did nothing. So obviously, handed money. This is them trying to save money because JJ Abrams has not produced anything to make that money back yet. So that's my theory. Well, if you look at the DC streaming service as a whole, UK still doesn't have Doom Patrol. No. So when you go back and look at the timeline, they're like, yeah, we're bringing out all these amazing shows. You're going to love them. Starting with Titans, amazing. Doom Patrol. Better than Swamp Thing. I'm saying that. Then you move on to Swamp Thing. 
Where's Stargirl? That was next. Yes. That was supposed to start airing when Swamp Thing finished. Now, the latest rumour is she's appearing in CW. She's already been in CW. She has, yeah. The uh, Letters of Tomorrow, she was up with Obsidian yeah, and the JSA. Just, yeah, and... JSA. What? Yeah. So if you pay for the DC streaming service, pulled. you promised it. It's been um, pulled, mate. It's but, definitely been pulled. But they never said anything. They just let it quietly go under yeah. the rug. And that's and that's what happened. Why couldn't they do it with Swamp Thing? They've done, they've done that. Loads of companies have done that several times. But why couldn't it. Swamp Thing be swept under the rug? I don't After know. After one sick Constantine, uh, back in the day. Why one Why weren't the cast told? Why weren't the cast and crew of this show told prior to the episode being aired? It's the writers I wanted to know, really. Because you could see they had a pacing. You could yeah. see. Why introduce the Phantom Stranger? Huh? Why introduce the Blue Devil, Madame Xanadu? Yeah. You've had a reveal of they had a plan. at the they end. They had a plan. And like you said, I think we were going to see a Justice League Dark or a Shadow Pact or a yeah. Sentinels of Magic. What, whatever. Agents of Shade. <laughs> Agents of Shade, yeah. I would have taken it. There you go, there you go. You know, we. I think we would have got that. I, I like that they peppered stuff because otherwise it's just a few dudes in a swamp. I think it's good that they peppered this kind of this mystical world. That's something we haven't mentioned. Swamp Thing as a TV show is a very human plot. Yeah. Swamp Thing's like, I don't it's, say corru- it's corruption. It's you know environmentalism. Avery, um, what was it? Avery something or other. Yeah. Um, he was as an actor. Avery guy, Sunderland. Sorry, Avery Sunderland. Sunderland. It was the Thunderland. I think it's uh, Will Patton. I believe the actor who plays him. He had a very punchable face. Oh yeah, which is very good for a villain. Like you kind of want to sit there, like you know what? If I met that guy, I'd slap him. You need to slap. The whole plot behind Swamp Thing is he wants to make money, and if the swamp drains, he can make more money. Make the plants land. grow. It's land. Yeah, yeah. make the plants like, grow, absorb like, the water. It's like Lex Luthor in Superman. You know, people will always need land. <laughs> I can sell them real estate <laughs> with my curly hair, <laughs> which isn't really mine. Not my curly hair. But yeah, the idea was we'll drain the swamp, we'll use the land, you know, with the plants we grow with this mutagen. They refer to it as a mutagen yeah, yeah. commonly. And we can grow medicines, we can grow herbs, we can we can grow everything. We can cure all these diseases. There is no that. limit to what we can do. Yeah. The swamp fought back, so there was a few limits. Yeah. So the idea is it's man versus swamp. That's the premise of season one. Then as you get further into it, you realise that, yeah, Swamp Thing's a monster. We can use him. Maybe he's more valuable than the land. Mm. So they want to harvest his DNA. Um, a big part of the plot was Woodrow's wife suffers from, was it dementia? I think it's dementia. Uh, Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's. Yeah. Anyway, some neurological and degenerative disease. Yeah. And, you know, we see this a lot in DC. Mr. Freeze's wife, degenerative yeah, yeah. can't yeah, be yeah. cured. Yeah. You need something special, something. Mm. He's regenerated bullet wounds. He's regenerated, yeah. not currently in the show, but he's regenerated from one cell. Limbs, you know. He's yeah. he's insane. Yeah. Uh, the actual kind of the working of Swamp Thing, as long as he's got a connection to the green energy, he can reappear anywhere. Yeah. He can have one body, five bodies. Yeah. The big point in the New 52 is forget you're human. You have limits that you can't even understand. Yeah, you can have... Idea. You could be 20 million feet tall. You could have 20 bodies, five arms. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite uses of his powers, the animated series. He's got a guy, one of the young men who's got wings, flying at him with the claws out. It just turns into a cactus. <laughs> <laughs> just outright, just come yeah, back, yep. bro. Gonna hurt you more than me. Yeah. So he turns into a cactus. I think, again, going back, going back to the practical effects, Swamp Thing has never looked better. No. Like, he has never looked this good. This is how I imagine Swamp Thing to be. He's muscular. He's huge. He's a big guy. He's got, I think the, the eyes are CGI. motion is a big part of it. Yeah. And, and I think see the CGI is red eyes, and they really are effective as well. A good thing about it is Derek Mears, who plays the, the beast of Swamp yeah. Thing, the, the physical husk, yeah. he... He's a monster. Yeah. He's a giant, biggest, friendliest. I mean, it's very much it's very much in that kind of fra- that classic Frankenstein vein, isn't yeah. it? Woe is me. He played Jason. 
He did? So, yeah. Yeah. Like, once you go from, you know, you're one, a big one, towering monster yeah, playing yeah. another towering monster, you don't want them to be the same. Lake, swamp. Very much the same for him. Yeah. But he, he hunches, he crawls, he's off balance. It's a yeah. new body. He sells it brilliantly. Mm. The way he looks at the camera is always slightly down. Yeah. And, excuse me, slowly up. Yeah. Very slowly, mm. methodical. Um, I, I actually remember talking to somebody, I compared him to The Undertaker from WWE. Yeah. Everybody else is super fast and doing flips. And, you know, it's all acrobats in wrestling now. But he's slow. Yeah. He's enjoying causing pain. I just want all eyes on him. And he yeah. slowly moves. And you're drawn in. You're grabbed. And even, even when he moves at speed, you're like, oh, fuck. He's coming. <laughs> yes, party is yeah, shit. There's a, there's a great bit where two hunters are trying to trap him. And they kind of shoot him and do some other stuff. Uh, no, there's a bear trap. That's it. He's got a yeah. bear trap. And then, uh, and then he knows that they're hunting him. And he tries shooting him. And then he punches these trees. And they splinter like it's, a shotgun. Yeah, it's like, it's like, uh, yeah, like a scatter shot of splinters. Oh. Going, one goes in like their leg. The other one goes in their face. And it's like... Oh, but just... they don't hold back on the gore, but they no. don't overdo it. It's no. smart. It's a nice level of, yeah, it's not, you know, R-rated gore, but it's like, it's enough brutality that you're like, oh, fucking hell. You I think know. my favourite moment, hands down, and it was visual, but it wasn't Swamp Thing. It was, it was a non-practical effect. Yeah. You've got to distinguish. Swamp Thing is done both CGI yes. and practical. There is, there is a, ma the, the, I mean, that's the perfect way to do it for me, is to marry the two. But this is where it caught me. The practical side of it is the reason I wanted to watch it, aside of being yeah, a comic yeah. fan. There was a snake in a sink. It was yeah. a hallucination. The guy sticks his hand into a, the thing. It, the snake coils around his arm. Yeah. Fuck me, that's believable. Yeah. They genuinely made me jump yeah. more than anything else in the show. And you wouldn't know it was a fake snake until you saw the actor. Yeah. Like, you know, if you didn't have human flesh literally next to it, yeah. with this, like, on top, mm. you, it was indistinguishable. Yeah, exactly. The snake was so perfectly done. He starts hacking it with a knife. He puts yeah. it in the waste disposal. And every that's movement a from the That's actor, a really disturbing scene. You see his fingers hanging from bone. Yeah. Like, have you ever seen, you know when you hang your laundry up and one peg's let go and it's hanging limply? <laughs> that was his fingers. It was awful. It was like, take my strong hand. But the strong hand was, like, <laughs> on the floor, and everybody, this was an episode they called The Darkness. It was. It almost felt like it wasn't supposed to be there, like it was a filler. Yeah. And um, again, I think, it's, I, think, I think it's nice to have those episodes every now and again, though. I think just a one-off story. We had two back-to-back. -back. Yeah, true. We had this darkness and we had the, the very last bit of the green field. Again, like this, for me, this series very much is laying ground for further stories, for further every series. Day. And that, I, in a way, I'm, I'm glad they did that. And I'm, I'm very, I'm, but again, we're not going to see the, the, you know, we're not going to see that flower blue. You no. know what I mean? Well, never... Episode two, Swap Thing ripped the man into five parts, <laughs> put vines around every limb he had and just, Pulled them apart. Oh, that was like a great cracker. That was a great bit. Yeah. Again, the bit that impressed me, not only the visual, yeah. was the snarling, the grunting, yeah. the the it, roars. He has this roar as well. He does, and it, it's almost echoey. Yeah. Like a wooden echo. And it's just like somebody did their research. The, vo the voice effects on him um, are really good. Um, I'm going to compare him actually to Killer Croc. Yes. From Suicide Squad. Now, Killer Croc, I think the face looked great. But have no shoulders. He had, yeah, he had no shoulders. That's what I was going to say. His his physicality. He didn't look like he had muscle. No. Like it was just like he was just like an emaciated, like hunched over kind of reptilian guy. I want him to be big. You know when you see Andy Serkis wearing these suits? Yeah. He's got like the mask on, so he's not the scale, but his body's not being yeah, yeah. built. It was like that. He looked like a Lego yeah. person. He did. The shoulders just, he just disappeared. It was just like one big neck. He looked like a turd. It's, it's like a, it was like a really bad Mike Mignola 
bit of artwork. Ooh, have you seen him draw anything other than Hellboy? Yeah. Ugh. Just like massive necks for some reason. Yeah. Massive chunky necks coming out of nowhere. And But when I looked at Swan Thing, I went, that's how you do it. I mean, he's green, he's large, he's imposing, he's terrifying. He his mouth. Yeah, initially he doesn't have one, does he? Until he has a need for it. Yeah. He doesn't do it. Mm. That's the plant part. Mm. The human part, If you, there's a, a very famous scene in the comics, which they do recreate in the show, the autopsy. Yeah. And uh, in that, he basically discovers that you are no man, you never were a man, yeah. you're, you're the vegetable with the illusions. Yeah. Now, in this, he wasn't very aggressive. He was very laid back. He was sedated. He was kept under green yes. light, so he yeah. couldn't regenerate. He couldn't do anything. And Dr. Woodrow is cutting him apart, pulling out his organs. You know, Even so, of- he pleads with him because he's like, I can feel all of this. He's like, you've not got any pain receptors. It's like, I see your chest moving, but you don't have lungs. Yeah. I, I see you crying, but you don't have tears. Yeah. I see you suffering, but you have no reason to be. Yeah. Could you strip any more humanity? Mm, yeah. But the visuals went with the music, went with the lighting. When Woodrow's face, mm. uh, the actor is it's Kevin Durand. W- was it Lost or he was Prison in? Breaks he's been in. Those? He's been in Legion. Legion. Oh, that's another good show. Uh, which uh, no, not the show. The, the oh. film. It's kind of about rogue angels and stuff. Oh, okay. They, I think they're trying to find the the, ne- the birth of the next Christ or something or Antichrist. He plays that would sound a lot better. He than plays like, um, preacher. I think he plays Azrael, the Angel of Death. I okay. Think. Um, he's also the Blob in Wolverine Origins. No. Yeah, that's him. Same guy. Re- what? That is him. Yeah. He went from the Blob to Jason Woodruff. And one of, one of my kind of least favorite things about about his performance, I do like him as an actor. I think he is good. But he sounds like the Grinch in this. He's like, oh, uh, this this soul is it's either um, it's either an animal or it's a plant. <laughs> uh, you know, you animal cells, but they have walls. Yeah. So you're either you're you're you're, you're, you're not a man. You're a, you're a vegetable who thinks is a man. <laughs> it's like somewhere between that or Edgar from Men in Black. And I was just like, I know you like, I know you quite like the voice, but I was kind of every time I let, I was just like. I can't take that seriously. <laughs> he's supposed to be a weirdo. He is weird. And now he's brilliant. Before you see anything of him, you hear him and you're like, yeah. he don't fit in. Yeah. And he, the, one of the other things I really like, and this is a very small thing, he has his wife, hmm. which you don't see a lot in the comics. I don't think, any. I believe originally he was like an alien. Yeah, he was from a another, skinned alien. Yeah, from versions. another, yeah, from another world. Glad and, they didn't do that. Yeah, I think that would have been a bit too weird. Yeah. But having another, it was again, it, all of this series has become really clever because of the human element. Mm. It's a human plot line featuring Swamp Thing. Mm. It's a human relationship featuring a monster. Yeah. It's a human problem that has to be solved by a human brain at this point. Yeah. But later on, you can see actually there's more to it. You've got the rot and you've got. I think they've, I think they've based it very much in reality. And I think that was good because. In later seasons going down the line, when you get to things like the Parliament of the Trees and all that sort of, and you're going, you've got Swamp Thing later on, journeying to hell itself to get Abby Arcane's soul yeah, yeah. back. You've got things where Swamp Thing confronts the very first evil in the world, you know, evil itself, the personification of evil. And he, you know, faces that down. That's some really out there, wacky, weird shit, you know? And I don't think... And that would be book two of the comics. Yeah, that'd be like, <laughs> yeah, that's like the second issue. But, but I think you need, for, for the regular viewer, you need to ground it in some fo- some form of reality. So which I is think, why doing the CDC was so yeah. good, because it instantly you opened up into a show like Casualty, yeah. which common soaps in the UK, they're, they're ten a penny. Yeah, true. You know, you go straight into that and, oh, hang on, 
Abby Arcane is actually useful. Yeah. She's not the white-haired love interest that's just around. Knocking about, yeah. Again, they added some more to the new 52. I did quite like, in, in the comics, I did quite like that she worked with kids with, like, autism and yeah. things like that. I thought that was... She had a good soul, and they proved yeah. it. Yeah. But in this, she plays a much more pivotal role outside of the yes. relationship. She has her own... She's very much, uh, uh, you know, she's got a lot of agency. She's not just, you know, a love interest. We're, like, 40 years on from where she was originally kind of really bought, and she was introduced in Swamp Thing 2. Uh, yeah, Cyber Swamp so, Thing yeah. 2. Yeah. Uh, shared the same appearance as Patchwork Man. Yeah. So um, it was brilliant. Don't get me wrong. Which which becomes a little bit like the show towards the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Frankenstein's monster of shows. Uh, if I had one wish, yeah. honestly, get the, the team from Doom Patrol. Yeah. Get them in. Get them on it. And just have them do the next few seasons. I'm not saying that this team did bad. I'm no. just saying that I have so much faith in everything Doom Patrol did. Yeah. That that could renew my faith yeah. that it wasn't just a rush. Job. I'd be really up for like if they took a visit. To the like Swamp Thing Swamp, you know, right, stopping them. Write a guest episode, get a nice, a nice guest appearance. You know, you can either and off the back of that appearance, maybe they could spin it off again, or they can do something. Do different. it like Deadpool. Yeah, I know this is going to sound really stupid. Danny the Street opens up a door, <laughs> and oh, you're in the swamp. Uh, look at hang that. on, what's this? <laughs> so you know the room why Deadpool opens the room and the X Men are all there, but they never interact, but you know they're there and they're all there. Like, please don't come near us. That kind of thing. You just open up a portal and just go. Maybe it's a bit silly for Swamp Thing. But it's not for True. Doom Patrol. Not in the Doom, Doom Patrol yeah. side, not could, in the Swamp Thing. Yeah, so. of course. Yeah, I think I think maybe you'd have to kind of work the chief wouldn't fit the that. tone. Yeah, chief yeah. could translate the whole green. I think going back to Kevin Durand, I think they clearly cast him because they wanted him to be because he's a very physically imposing actor. He's a tall guy. He is. He's about the same height as Derek. Mitz. And you got to remember, most of his interaction was with Abby. Yeah. So having the tall, more almost creepy male, yeah, isolated with her in things like the mortuary, yeah. and the crime lab, and stuff mm. like that, it instilled this slight tension. Mm. Now, I don't want to say it's a overgeneralized sexist no. thing, but you're in a mortuary with a stranger. There is a lot of there is a lot of him mansplaining. Yes, yeah, there is. He's a douche. Yeah. He's written really well. He literally, any discovery Abby makes goes, it doesn't make sense, therefore it's wrong. Yeah. But there's a swamp monster. Admittedly, he doesn't know there's no, a swamp he monster. For a long time. But you he know, knows there's something out there. There is. Yeah. There is there is some entity. There is he doesn't even know it's a physical entity. It, it could be an energy, it's, a mutagen. Literally, it could be a, a moss or a bacteria. Yeah. Or Anything. A, uh, human interaction that he doesn't know about. Yeah. But the fact that they've had her, him in a position of power, but had her match him. Mm. That's the first time she's ever done that. Yeah, you know, she's always until well, New Fifty Two. She went around going all Terminator with a shotgun mm. and a biker jacket, but <sighs> New Fifty Two changed a lot, man. True, true. But true. mainly in this, she held her own. Like not only, I'm not saying she was outacted, but you look at the kind of credentials of the other people, yeah, and they're a bit higher. Yeah, um, I thought I'd like I do I do sometimes. I'm glad the the caliber of the acting in this because there's a lot of shows like this that wouldn't necessarily have strong character performances. Liz. Liz, yeah, Liz, the uh, roommate, the um, reporter lady, yeah, uh, the lesbian, yeah, yeah, which was yeah. brilliantly done. Yeah, yeah. They went, oh, this is my partner, and there we go, we moved on. Yeah, it was natural, it was fun. Yeah, they had great like, chemistry. Yep. We didn't need to dwell on it, but it was brilliant. Yeah. It was just because she was such a likable character. I really liked um, 
uh, Virginia Madsen, who plays Avery's wife. Yes, she's she's kind of in DC law anyway. She's she her voice is incredible. She's in movies like she Can- did Candyman. Everything. Yeah, she's she's everything. In, she's a phenomenal actor. She's in Candyman. She's in The Prophecy. She's in loads of movies, and she's Morgan Le Fay in Justice League. She's Hippolyta in the animated Wonder Woman movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's got her credentials there, for in, especially in the DC world. And she's really good. And she's got this um, hatred for Abby because. Abby's kind of an adopted daughter who... That uh, storyline's another thing we need to talk about. Yeah, it's really interesting. So the, the, Sutherlands had, uh, the Sutherlands had the daughter that was raised with Abby. You never reference the fact that Abby's related to Anton, but Anton's name's never come up yet. Well, there's that. There's a sequence where she has like a bad dream or a vision. Yeah, and there's a, all to a do with dark, darkness. Yeah, and there's dark, and I think it's the same episode as The Rock. So the darkness takes your fear and brings yeah. it out in a hallucination, but far stronger. It's, yeah. it's more like a physical manipulation. It's not, you know, a hallucination insinuates it's just something you're part of, yeah. and it's you're, you're interacting oh, it, I with think, it. I think this it grabs you. Violating by, it, it grabs you by your very soul. Yeah, it's ripping out your bit. That's where the snake came from yes liz's dad owns the local bar which is under the hand of avery and he has a hallucination that people come in and rob the place and his daughter's hurt and he's held hostage something happens so everybody's got these big fears and abby takes it on and it's a tall gentleman in a trench coat Mm -hmm. which was originally one of the old animated things the old movie yeah um he's always kind of been seen to cover up because yeah He's, he's basically ba- nude, isn't he, in most of his appearances, for, yeah. the, for the most part. He's basically like a patchwork Ken doll. Yeah. And it works. Yeah. Uh, he's got this very vermin-like jaw, which I love. Yeah. Uh, anyway, you don't see it, but he's always in the darkness. He's super strong. He's got a very large hand that not only grabs the throat, but around yeah. the collar and yeah, yeah. Uh, on a shoulder. So he, anybody who's read the comic or has seen anything of him goes, that's Anton, or at least enough that I like it. And then that's it. They talk about the rock, but never Anton, never her heritage. Mm. And like but I think, again... Season Seven. two, three. Yeah, I think I think we would have seen uh, we would have seen the Floronic Man. Yep. So at the end of the series, Jason Woodrue post credit. Yeah, post credit main thing. That's true. Post, I, I mean, I was about to turn it off, so I'm glad I stuck around. Oh. Post there's a post credit scene at the end of the series. Uh, Jason Woodrue is arrested. He's eaten some of Swamp Thing. Yeah. They he Matt, cooked it as well. Yeah, he cooked it. Matt Cable. Matt Cable came to comes to the police station. There's all these overgrown with leaves and vines and stuff. Cell's been broken out, and he's there. And he's basically a devilish because he's kind of got horns, hasn't he? Almost um, a devilish version of Swamp Thing, which it's is very the Floronic Man. It's very much a cartoon interpretation of the devil. Yeah, he's got a round jaw that ends with a point. Yeah, he's got the big horns. He's hunched. He's, he's almost he's almost like a kind of a Green Goblin if they ever did a yeah. proper, if, if they did a proper Green Goblin. I imagine it looks yeah very like much. That. And, and again, teeth. practical effect looks amazing, brilliant, but. The stop motion over the top of it, all the vines that were CGI'd, yeah. they moved in stop motion. Yeah. So they were very quick and jarring and moving. Yeah. But they stayed still long enough as well that you were like, oh, that's a plant. It's not yeah. a snake. It's, it goes, uh, 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 yeah. uh. it's jagged. And you just, you, you follow the pace. You're getting close to the rustling of the other leaves. The music's picking up. You follow into it and then you're like, do something. And most of the time they won't. Mm. But when they do, yeah. you, you're like, oh, you got me. <laughs> you got me good. Um, I just want to talk about a few of the kind of criticism I, I could say about the show. Okay. There's a revelation of, of the man who killed Alec in the show. Yeah. And the revelation is... It's a familiar face. It's a familiar I won't I won't spoil that bit if you're going to watch the show. But 
it's revealed in a very half-assed way. I think it was very, it was a lame way. I think there was more episodes where they were hinting it. Yeah, maybe. Like, what were you doing that night? I, th- I think they may have gone... Because it might not have been the last few episodes that they've cut. We've got to think about this. Yeah, yeah. This, they could have cut whatever episode I they did. it was between three and five. Three and five. That's where it seemed to drop. Mm. That, that green flute went... Like, for, me, for me, I felt it towards the end because all of a sudden, Avery's, Avery gets supposedly killed. Yeah. Um, he comes back. His wife is trying to betray him with another character. He missed out something very important. He makes it sound like his wife's insane and has her taken yeah. away, yeah. which is a very heart-driven plot because what we were talking about with Abby earlier, which we kind of glossed over, yeah, true. was... The daughter has been resurrected into the body of this child who had the green flu. Yeah. So the child's a bit weaker. They've been suffering. So yeah. this possession. Kind of adopted. Um, Madame Xanadu's the plot device to explain it. It's mm-hmm. The door is weakened between life and death. This soul comes in and takes over this child. And the wife of Avery is basically raising this child as her possessed daughter. And Abby was the one who supposedly murdered them. Yeah. We find out later on the swamp actually had something to do with it. It's not very clear. No. It looks like they were dragged under by the swamp, but there's mm. always more answers to it than that. There's always True. something. And then suddenly, oh, she's gone. Oh, everything's gone. Yeah. Oh, I'm fine now. I'm like, taking medicine. The lady's out of, out of the insane asylum. Yeah, true. Sorry, he's in the insane asylum. Yeah. The husband's running around doing his own thing. Yeah, it does you kind are. of, it's a bit of a jump. Yeah. I think three to five, somewhere yeah. in there. There's at least like one episode. One episode. I feel one yeah. episode about her descent into i think i think you're right i think it's there but i also think it's towards the end because again avery looks like he's been killed there's been mass manipulated well, maybe the wife right yeah maybe that's what the i think was here yeah. but the bigger reveal now yeah. if we did the, the bigger reveal with more information yeah you would be right yeah but maybe if the build was more that the audience got it but it wasn't written explained yeah because it, it the the way it's initially revealed it involves another character's death it kind of is hinted at but it, it's it's not it's like this guy could be lying yeah Everyone's alive until until the the other the character that actually did it is confronted and admits it. But it felt lame. It felt like it oh yeah, oh yeah, did character. it, and it was yeah, very out of character. And I, I was just like, I don't do you know, know who Matt Cable is in the comic? Yeah, he's kind of he's originally the guy who is friends with Alec Holland and his wife. Yeah, they get killed, and he swears vengeance on the people that did it, and he marries Abby, and he blames the swamp thing for, kill, for killing uh, Alec Holland and the wife. Entirely. He marries Abby Arcane. Anton Arcane breaks through from Rockworld into his body while wearing Matt, essentially. Yeah. Ends up sleeping with Abby, having a relationship, being married and slowly haunting her from the background. And then one day, just in the car, his face kind of just falls off. And it's like, Psst, I'm your uncle. <laughs> uh, we've done things that we shouldn't really be yeah. doing. Yeah. But, I'm the Lord of the Rock. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I'm I'm about as evil as you get. Like Anton Arcane. There's nobody more evil. In there's this. like there's there's no redeemable features no. about Anton Arcane. No. One of the, in the things that they put together, um, it was I think it was a special that tied into the New Fifty Two. It was purely about his descent into the Rock. Why was he the, the yeah. Avatar? It was like he ate rotten flesh. He was always obsessed with decay. He was always this. He was always that. He was always doing disgusting, unspeakable things. Yeah. He is the unredeemable being yes he is and then they just do nothing with anton in this series yeah they do very little to hint at it with abby except that one scene which yeah. fell out of place the whole it did, episode yeah it did feel place. i think because you don't see i mean that could be anybody to be fair it's yeah. just a shadowy figure going back to the episodes and being cut at the end with all this stuff with the conclave which was the original villains like that comes out of Nowhere. It's like every all of a sudden everybody knows who Swamp Thing is. Yep. Everybody knows where to find it him. Was like Everyone went... knows they what he can do, his powers, his abilities, what they can gain from it. All of a sudden, it's just 
totally out of the blue. I think what they ended up doing was writing Swamp Thing physically in a way where he was unmatched. Yeah. And then when they removed some of the episodes where he was learning, yeah. and he just seemed to be too good, yeah. I think they went, oh, actually, um, yeah. can we nerf him? Mm. Can, can, we, can we have an answer? Uh, oh, nitrogen, right? It, to be fair, I think they do do that. In the in the issue before the autopsy, they, uh, they, they do the autop the um, anatomy lesson. But they didn't it. test anything. Yeah, these people, these agents, just yeah. dropped from the sky. Just go. We'll try this. We'll try this, and it just so happened that the second thing they tried, that well, the first thing that wasn't bullets, worked. I felt like there should have been more of a learning curve. You know, you've had people with a very famous cover for Swamp Thing was a guy with a chainsaw, a lumberjack-looking yeah. guy attacking him. Amazing. Could we not have had that? That's like, a, that sounds amazing. I, I'm sold. I would have liked to have seen Swamp Thing literally cut down the middle. Yeah. Not understanding why he's not hurt. I mean, that's, that's a real classic man versus nature type yeah. battle, well, <laughs> if you will. Another another really weird thing about that scene, it's in daylight. It's foggy, but it's daylight. Mm. And it suddenly turns to night. Now, yes. I don't have a problem with that, except the visuals were better in the day, mm. in the fog. Yeah. And he was moving slowly, and the fog moved slowly around him. Yeah. And he jumped out, and he did more interactions. Then in nighttime, it was just gun flashes. No, sorry. No, true. I, I do I do feel as well, they could have had, like, they, they kind of sell this place as, like, Cajun, Marais, it's Cajun. And there's, like, We're almost... We're going to have some special shrimp. Yeah. It's all coming out but there's, of the same There's shrimp. almost no Cajun characters in it. No one... Well, I mean, if you can't do the accent, fair enough, but hire a guy in who can. You know, hire a guy yeah, who is... Rough. Hire a guy who is Cajun. You know what I mean? You literally have one drunk guy at the yeah. bar mumbling, oh, there, there's a swamp thing. I don't like it. I'm not even going to try and be Cajun. Did you have any... Uh, yeah, neither would I. <laughs> Neither will I. Um, do you have any other kind of like characters you you really liked or wanted to talk about? I have to put them in the same boat. Madame Xanadu, Phantom Stranger, and Blue Devil. Right. Clearly made with bigger things in mind. Yes. Clearly did. Again, we've talked space. about the future of, of where it could have developed. Madame Xanadu, I think they did enough. They yeah. they used it to explain the, the reoccurring of the dot. I mean, she's in the comics, she's quite a minimal character anyway. She kind of comes in, tells the future, you know, slopes off for the most part. As far as I'm aware, I'm not really, I don't know a lot about her. It's I very much know. what's in the cards. It's yeah. what, what the future holds for you. I did, I, did read a, I did read a comic where she steals the power of the spectre. Yeah, not a fan of that one. Yeah. One of the things that I liked about her is she was pushing the blue devil. Now, uh, Matt, can't remember his surname. The Blue Devil guy. I think it's Matt. Uh, oh, I can't remember. The actor is uh, Ian Zeering. Not he Ian. was full of energy. It's not Ian. What's great about him is that he's playing a B-movie actor. He stars in Sharknado, all the Sharknado <laughs> films. So I think that casting is a stroke of genius. Uh, Cassidy, something Cassidy. Oh, God, I think I think it might be Matthew Cassidy. I'm not Let's sure. say, we'll say, yeah, Cassidy um, anyway. Anyway, long story short, he plays the Blue Devil in this TV show after doing a deal where he magically takes over the place of the lead star, and now he's refined to Murray. He can't leave. Yeah. If he leaves, he sets on fire. It's all bad. It's terrible. And you see his descent from actor to slight madman who runs a video store to the Blue Devil. Yeah. So the Blue Devil in the comics is known for wielding a great big battle axe. He is literally a big... A blue trident. Devil. It's a trident. like a. Like oh, a... the newer one's yeah. got an axe. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah. He's it, okay. currently turned to stone in the New Justice League. Okay. Um, his weapon has been handed over to Detective Chimp, and he's got a sword that can open portals to places. They were Sick. really good friends. Yeah, that was really good, but cool. he didn't get enough time. 
No. Zandu um, was the bridge between all these people. Yeah. So I that's think, why I think she was better off. I think I think she was handled very well. I liked her design. I liked the, the blindness and the cards and liked her little walking stick. But what did we get out of Blue Devil? We got an excuse to stop all the guards attacking yeah. it. It's just it what? was just a horror it was a horror scene that didn't feature Swamp. If you would have cut that, you'd have got an episode worth. You know, or you're all the beginning of oh I can't go outside, yeah. it burns. Oh I own a video store, yeah. I'm miserable. Oh the mask is tempting. Yeah, me. exactly. And now we've got an attack scene. You probably got twenty minutes of footage there. The other, the final problem I have with the series is the Phantom Stranger. So, the Phantom Stranger the, is the this, Phantom who? Yeah. So, the Phantom Stranger is this enigmatic character who, much like the Joker in DC Comics, does not have a set origin. No. Until the New Fifty Two, I think they decided on. They something. did. They um, tied him in with Spectre, and it was a, a big murder. And I think I think he might. I believe in that in the New Fifty Two, he's Judas, and he wears the thirty pieces of silver. He does. Neck. And that his curse is to travel the world and never die and try and assist other heroes, basically. He can only I read his them. book. I was bored. Yeah. It's, uh, he says, I think his, his catchphrase was, follow me into weird worlds, for I am the Phantom Stranger. He also appeared in Batman Damned, okay. I believe. Everything after the bat penis, people forgot. Yeah, fair enough. But again, Swamp Thing, great appearance in that. The guy they cast as the Phantom Stranger, I expected a kind of older kind of sort of mysterious maybe an old horror actor like a a tobin bell from from Saw. i was thinking jeremy irons jeremy irons i could see that for the voice yeah i could see that you didn't even have to show his whole face you didn't have to do you could be in really fact, mysterious i wouldn't it. show his face yeah because if you want something mystical everybody's got a face yeah a phantom stranger literally doesn't need yeah him. keep him under the hood yeah exactly keep him in the shadows, in the shadows. or he's a go he's a ghost-like figure yeah and he is but they've cast the uh, nothing against the guy but he's the most average looking guy i've ever seen and i do not want the front phantom stranger to be an average guy he needs to be otherworldly could they have just changed things around him maybe turned up the yeah. base on him or i mean if it was a disguise if, if him, his average appearance was a disguise i'd have no problem i've got the image of like his eyes silvering over and then him just not knowing where he is like he was mm. possessed yeah that could have been good no it actually took me literally after the episode to realize who he was yeah well they said i'm, I'm, a, I'm a, and they said i'm a stranger and i was like he's a phantom stranger and they didn't really state it and i was like he can't be the it felt stranger. like they were twisting a drill like do you yeah. get it do you get it I'm yeah a stranger because I'm I'm he, he's not even dressed as the phantom stranger no. he does come in later with the medallions and the coat and the hat the thing that hurt me is he didn't have a big appearance like yeah. when he when he was literally on set he was just there there was no, there was no, black, yeah, there was no, no grandiose. No. He didn't he feel grandiose. Out of physically, a tree, like a goat, yeah. walked out and done something. Like they could have done some special effects or Lightning something. But he just, he just walks there. over and goes, "Hey, you want to be a blue devil? Hey, the green, yeah." Like that's that's it. That's all he does. And and I've, I felt I was so disappointed because it's we don't get many appearances of the Phantom Stranger in other media. And he was important as a plot device. He he introduced the green. Mm. Like he was the one who said to Swamp Thing, that voice, it's the green. Mm. It's speaking. You know, you can tell the memories of the trees from the green. And that was key because it told you the plot about Abby and the murder. And it told you all about the crimes against the swamp, the mm. darkness. And it, he was pivotal. Yeah. Didn't have to be, but he was. I mean, he's a good replacement for John Constantine because he does a lot of that sort of stuff. He's in, he's in CW, so fair enough. But Xanadu could have done it. True. Yeah, she could have, she could have played that role. Coming to the end. Final thoughts on the Swamp Thing series. Wish you were more like Doom Patrol. Okay. I, I, this is the thing. I knew nothing of Doom Patrol. All I knew is I like the idea of Doom Patrol. I've seen them brave and the bold. Animal Vegetable Mineral Man is one of the most genius things invented ever for no reason. And I watched it. It was 15 episodes. Mm. It was character-driven storytelling. It was almost perfect. Every casting choice, every line, every visual, 
it just landed right. 15 episodes. Mm. We deserved the finale because we put the work in. Yeah. We got three mini seasons rolled up into a 10 episode thing. Yeah. And yeah. It felt like the destination wasn't where the journey was supposed to lead us. No. And that's what I want. Please mm. just write. I think Netflix was too long at 13 episodes. I think Swamp Thing was too short at 10. Do you remember when we watched The Defenders? It was eight episodes. Yeah. Me and Dad have a history. Whenever a Netflix <laughs> show came out, we'd watch it in one sitting. Why? <laughs> We were younger then, <laughs> you know. We watched um, Daredevil the first time, and we were, it was like five in the evening oh, until God. like six season in the two, morning. wasn't it? Season two, yeah, yeah. it hurt. Yeah. We were drinking coffee and injecting into the back of our eyes just to stay awake. But every episode left on a cliffhanger. Where was that in Swamp Thing? Yeah, true. And we felt thirteen was too long for Marvel, and then they dropped Defenders to eight, and we were like, "Yes, it's great." Yeah, but Swamp Thing needed the fifth. I'd say fifteen, thirteen. I don't think would have been enough. I totally agree with you, Mike. I totally agree with you on every level. I think we needed a bit more time for these ideas to grow and for it to be a good season. For the fruit to blossom? Yes, for all these lovely flowers to blossom. For the green to just generate more good stuff. Yeah. If I'm going to leave one final point, it's that people need to know they built a swamp Hmm. in a studio. I think it was like 200 metres square to film everything in. That's the amount of dedication they put into this show, the amount of money, the amount of time, the amount of effort to get these visuals perfect. And they cancel it after episode one. Well, guys, you will have to watch it to find out if Swamp Thing is... Is it more bite? or is I've it more annoyed myself. Or is it more bark? Um, but I'm going to leave it there for today. Uh, just quickly, where you can find the pod. Thank you very much, Mike, for joining us. Thank you very much. Please come visit us at Comic Den. We have yes. plenty of Swamp Thing. We've got a whole new fan base. And if you're going to pick up any one Swamp Thing book at the moment, make it The Roots of Terror. It is short stories, nice and easy to get into. And it was Len Wine's last story. Great. There we go. Definitely Good one. Um, yes. Yeah, so you can find us at uh, Facebook at Secret Balls, on Twitter at Dan underscore Balls, Instagram, Spider Dan Secret Balls. This podcast is available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, many, many more. And if you interact with us, don't forget to use the hashtag prepare for prattle. See you next time, guys. Bye.